another episode of Fistful of Collars, and it is a really big, big episode this week. We have got so much to talk about because this is the 2019 IBJJF World Championships Mega Preview Show. Ooh, Mega Preview, Mega, <laughs> mega preview. preview. Here we go. Let's do it. It's World Week. One week from today. It's Thursday today, and... Thursday next week, we've been confirmed in the Just exact start date, right? Just found out. Thursday next week, Worlds. How excited are you guys? Man, four days of the biggest uh, and most important jiu event of the year coming up. Cannot wait to watch all that stuff. Absolutely. We've been leading to it for a little while now, it feels like. You know, of course, we just got back from the road to Worlds. Um, you know, we've been leading up the podcast last time, and we've just been looking forward to Worlds for since the beginning of the year it feels like Basically, right yeah, and so yeah. it's finally finally here it's finally gonna gonna pay off and uh man i mean looking at these divisions looking at uh, what's gonna go down this this next weekend i mean all signs point to this is gonna be a huge tournament like you said um, and you know maybe one of the, the the biggest most exciting worlds we've ever we've ever seen just based on on what we're seeing pre you know um alone i think that was the question i was going to ask like looking at the list of entrants right because we we now we now know who signed up and exactly what division it's all fallen exactly you know where it needs to be the brackets come out on monday next week and we'll really be able to get into those match by match paths to the final that we see but knowing who signed up for worlds this year like do we think that this could potentially be one of the best worlds ever i think 100 percent. i mean it's got to be the cash baby everyone's coming back <laughs> for the money you know cash for- price first time ever exactly exactly and i think it's a, a great change you wanna explain that real quick because i feel like that that's kind of gotten well, um, swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah, good point. A lot of people seem to not realize that IBJJF have actually started like, giving cash prizes for the major tournaments now. So I believe the breakdown goes as, as such. Um, for both men and women's absolute, it's a flat 10000 cash prize for the champion of that. Not bad. Pretty, ni- pretty nice. nice. And then there's a sliding scale for, for based on number of participants in, in both men and women's divisions to, to determine exactly how much cash is awarded to the champion. I believe the the top um, available amount is seven thousand dollars for for over how many uh, participants? Thirty three. Over thirty three yeah. people. So but no one's hit that. No, there. The, the basically we took a look at the number of people who are signed up in each division, and uh, as you said, depending on how many people there are in the brackets, uh, that's how much money the winner gets paid. And I think that's kind of cool, right? Because you know, a, a smaller division, the guy maybe only has like two, three fights to win gold. Whereas uh, somebody who has to wade through a division of like five, six matches, kind of makes sense to give them a little bit of extra for their efforts, you know? So, yeah. you know, so not... four to seven thousand dollars uh, for your weight class, and mm-hmm. then ten thousand dollars for Flat the open for the class. So potentially, you know, it's a double gold winner in the past, like a Bouchesha or something like that, could could. But uh, it is kind of traditionally a little bit hard to find like elite ultra heavyweights to sign up, and especially I think a lot I mean, of knowing you're going to face Fushesha. put off by that <laughs> fact exactly. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a tough challenge. But, but uh, yeah, getting back to your, your original question, there is this the most exciting worlds? I, you know, I definitely agree with Chase there that the um, the money on the line I think is going to make things a little bit more exciting this time around. Mm-hmm. This is the first World Championships, like we said, with, with that t- type of money on line. It'll be curious to see 
how it does affect the jiu-jitsu, how it does Maybe affect... Maybe fight a little bit harder for that? Yeah, yeah, who knows, you know? I mean, I think it could go a lot of ways, right? But um, it could be very interesting to see, see how that really does um, affect how these guys go out there and, and, and whatnot. But I think, man, there's just... I don't know if it's because we've been doing this for so long, it feels like now, but it just feels like there are so many great storylines going into uh, this world championship. You know, there, there's just so many really, really great storylines. Uh, we followed a couple of them out on the, the road to worlds. Um, you know, I, for, for me, like what really pops out at me, I think, is like, you know, we've been talking a little bit about this the whole year in this this kind of like changing of the guard type of type of moment in jiu-jitsu. It's a lot of fresh blood right now, a right? A lot of lot of these new guys, you know, a lot of new guys from last year are coming are coming too. So it's going to be interesting to see if the the um veteran guys um like a Leandro, like um um who, who else like a Lepre, you know, mm -hmm. some of these some of these older veteran guys if they're still able to beat back these new hungry up and comers because every year it seems like we just get more and more and more hungry up and coming young black belts ready to take out the the long reigning champions of these weight classes. You know, I'm going to mention a couple of these uh young black belts that we've been discussing because we uh a, a little while ago we sat down and we kind of mapped out, you know, the big storylines going into worlds and you know, we covered a lot of that on the the road to world tour which mm -hmm. we'll discuss in a bit and uh, and a, a bunch of other content over the last couple of weeks but one thing that we really i think it was possibly even the first thing that we put up on the whiteboard when we were talking about worlds was the first year black belts that will be competing this year at worlds guys who last year they weren't even competing as black belt they were still brown belts just going to throw some names at you kynan duarte levi jones leary fion davis gabriel souza Mateus gabriel misa bastos there's like six really, really solid names that we can actually expect to to shake things up at Worlds. And this is their first year competing as a black belt. All le say, less than 12 months of black belt, I believe, right? So that's yeah. just crazy. It's, yeah, it's insane that they're almost favorites in their divisions. You know, Misa, I'd say, is a very strong contender for top of the podium, and Kynan is the same. So it is incredible that they're so dominant and successful at the elite right level the their first year. so I mean, we already saw Levi had an incredible year winning uh, Europeans, winning Pans, but then there was that, that little blip, shall we say, <laughs> you know, the, there was the, the record scratch moment where it was like, uh-oh, that wasn't in the plan. Boom, gets submitted at the Abu Dhabi World Pro. Yeah, as we know, you know, anything can happen in these jiu-jitsu matches sometimes. So that's what makes it so exciting. So you see a guy who's been as dominant as Levi have a little slip up like that. Um, you know, I think those, those losses probably in the long run are good for these guys well uh, chase he actually mentioned something to you and, and this is a this is almost a repeat of what happened last year right yeah in fact it's the exact same thing the only loss levi suffered in 2018 as a brown belt was at world pro i believe in the final to leo laura took second place there and he said it really fired him up for worlds he went so, out hey he at last year he did the same thing he won euros won pans and lost at world pro correct and then won worlds and, won and then came back to win worlds and he said it was extremely motivating. You know, it, it relit the fire under his ass and um, got him extra focused in his camp. And he said the same. He expected the same. But that was right after, um, right after the submission loss. Actually, he was very, very composed. You know, very, just, I don't know, introspective. Maybe he was mm -hmm. ready. He, just, he accepted the loss. He had already moved on by the time that I saw him. Just forty minutes later, 
and he was ready for Worlds. That was a, always the goal, is wow. to be a Black Belt World Champion. So and, we uh, could see him come back and, and, and do that. I mean, now. I expect a very strong performance. I'm really hoping he runs into Lucas Lepre again. You know, it's one of the biggest matches of the year of 2019. Certainly one of the most talked about. Exactly. And, you know, people are saying Lucas is a little bit tired from doing the absolute, which, you know, you got to hand it to him. He beat like two, 300 pound guys yeah. <laughs> before he had to run into Levi. So you I know Lucas is not match. doing the absolute this year, right? You know, you know no he wants that way. sixth, I believe, sixth world title yeah. on the line there for Lucas. So. Losing a powerful motivator, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Both those guys, you know, probably have a little bit of heat for one another. So I'm excited for that one. Very interesting. What do you think about Kynan then, Reed? Because Kynan is, um, you know, we, we've talked about it nonstop over the last year because the guy has looked incredible, right? He's won so much. To list it right now would probably take forever. But he's going to have a very, very tough challenge ahead of him, right? Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. This will be the toughest tournament I think he's, he's competed in, you know. Um, he yeah, signed up at heavyweight, correct? At heavyweight, you know, with guys like Leandro Lowe, who we know is going to be very hungry this year. Um, you know, Keenan, his old teammate, um, who he's competed against in, in competition before and lost to in a Nogi event. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be, um, a very, you know, Adam Wardzinski also in, in heavyweight as well. He's, he's kind of had Adam's number, but still kind of a close, close match. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't say nothing good things about Kynan. He's just come onto the scene and just, I think, blown everybody away. We've we've all been so impressed with what what he's been able to do, um, just you know, at um, at black belt. And you know, we went to Atos for, for Road to Worlds and got to see him training. He just had gotten back from Brazil, and uh, man, the way the guys talk about him over there, they just they just really gloat about him. And I think he he is such a good. Um, good representative mm. of, for, for jiu-jitsu he seems like he's just like really happy to to be doing what he loves and and uh, I, I like kind of i think uh you know i think he's a, a lot of fun to watch too he's got really dynamic um jiu-jitsu he's got a great guillotine he's so consistent cool. as well right yeah you know it's really yeah. unusual to see him taken out of his element to be put mm. in a bad position but that did happen recently at the Brazilian Nationals. That right. was not a great tournament for him. And to be honest, that's, that's if anything, the worst performance that we've seen from Kainan in a very long time because he has looked fantastic. And he was there in the Abu Dhabi at the World Pro, took gold, submitted Adam Wodzinski in on the final, became champion. Incredible. But then we have talked about this, that he's kept up a really high pace when it comes to the competition, yeah. right? He's been traveling nonstop, competing literally every Le weekend. Le Levi as well, you know. Sure. And Very we did so. a little, I did a little interview with Kynan on the, um, that's on the site and talked to him about his Brasileiros performance. And that, and that was so like, explain, what happened to Brasileiros? Well, he lost. <laughs> but not even in a good way, right? It yeah, was, yeah. It's not well, great. Uh, yeah, I know he fought... Um, Nicholas Marigali, right, in the, uh, was that the Absolute Division, though? Absolute, no, got submitted. Abs got submitted in the Absolute Division, and then he lost in the final of his weight class to, help me out here? Uh, Trator, Vinicius Ferreira. Vinicius Ferreira, of, of Alliance. from Alliance, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, who's, you know, who's great, too. Um, so, yeah, he did, he did have two disappointing losses. I, you know, I talked to him a little bit about it, and uh, I was just so impressed with, like, his maturity about it, you know? He, he wasn't letting it, letting those losses weigh him down, you know? Mm. He, he felt like that, he, that uh, you know, he had been, competing a lot just like Levi has and that can definitely take a toll on you going from Portugal to Abu Dhabi to the west coast of the United States to back down to Brazil you know you miss training sessions doing yeah, that absolutely. Yeah. you miss training sessions you're not able to get consistent work you know so I think you know he didn't make any excuses but you know I think it's good I think it, it was good for him and, and he looked like he came back and he was, he was very motivated and you know they all know what the goal is right the goal is worlds. worlds the goal 100%. is worlds you know it's great to win euros it's great confidence to win pans 
but the goal, make no mistake here, for all of these guys is to win Worlds. I mean, Kainan did bounce back from the Brazilian Nationals pretty quick because he had that super fight with Tanner Rice in the main event uh, fight to win. And, uh, and I think that was like two weeks after the Brazilian Nationals, right? Uh, I want to say two weeks. Yeah, and uh, and right. he came out and uh, he looked phenomenal. You know, he uh, he hit this amazing technique against Tanner that I, I, I really need to watch it again to see exactly how he did it. But he pulled guard like into an instantaneous sweep that put him in mount within the first 10 seconds of the match. Those are the best. That looked good, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Kynan, yeah, it's interesting to hear how he managed to, uh, to, to just delete that Brazilian national. I think when you compete so that much, you just, you just keep moving, keep on trucking. But that heavyweight division is so crazy because that, because, like I said, Leandro is gunning for his world title. Keenan is gunning for his wor- first world title. That we somebody we got to hang out with quite a bit. I mean, yeah, we got to talk about Keenan because I think we were all a little surprised to see Keenan enter uh, in this weight class. You know, Leandro has has had his number over the last couple of years. Yeah, and um, and super heavy. You know, Keenan has said in, in the interviews that he does well with bigger guys. That he he thinks that maybe them being a little lankier, a little a little bigger and slower plays into his strengths. So for him to go and challenge himself against Leandro, against guys like Kynan, Patrick Gaudio, who had a big uh, issue with last year in that match, you know, that's a that's an insane division. I think it's it's my uh, favorite of, of Worlds, and I cannot yeah. wait to see who climbs to the top of that one. You know, speaking of your interviews there and uh, the time that you guys spent with Keenan on the road to Worlds, I think the one thing that really, really stood out for me was when he was discussing the Patrick Gaudio match from last year's Worlds. By far... The most talked about match from that event. It was, it was a semi-final match, right? And you know, it just divided opinion. Like, had you know, did Keenan just you know deserve to win, or was the decision correct in Patrick Gojo taking the split decision win? Just people were totally up in arms about the mm. the, the result. Uh, but it is what it is, and and Keenan was mad about it for a long time, right? Really, really mad. But he seems to have had enough time to reflect on it. And he said that he he seems to have really accepted the fact that he let that victory just slip through his fingers. Mm. And I think that that was a very mature, very you know considered kind of uh, attitude towards that. It took a while for him to swallow it. It was a bitter pill, but he did. But knowing how that performance went last year, no, you know, he was on Gaudio's back. He was completely locked in there and stuff. It was it was a, you know he he was in really really good control up until that point. So with that. And knowing the list of guys in the heavyweight division, who do we see as a legitimate, you know, challenge to Le- to, to, to Keenan besides Leandro? Is there anybody that stands out in that division you think that he's going to have trouble with? Because I'm looking, and I see a bunch of guys that Keenan historically has done very, very well against. I mean, you make a good point, but I, I think a lot of these matches are tough, and, and they compound um, one another. You know, if he has a tough match with Kynan, then he has to face Adam Warzynski. You know, that's going to wear a guy down. So that's what I love about this division. It's pretty big. There's 18 guys in it. and um, I'll be honest, you know, like, I'm going to put it out there right now. I see Keenan in the final. Okay. Absolutely see Keenan in the final. And I think that this is, even with all the stuff that's going on with his team, even everything that's going on with him having to, you know, rustle up this training by bouncing around gym to gym, going full Ronin. I think this could be a, Keenan does it. I think we could see Keenan win his first IPJJF World Championship gold medal uh, at heavyweight because I'm looking at the list and I honestly don't see anybody stopping him. I see him beating Keenan. I see him beating Adam Wodzinski. I see him beating Jackson Souza, Patrick Gaudio. I see him beating Tim Spriggs. And 
I'm going to go out and some bold here. claims here. <laughs> I see him beating Leandro Lowe this year. Okay. I think that I, he's fixed everything that he knows that didn't work in the past, and I think that he knows what he needs to do to beat Leandro. I think that, you know, obviously, I think we've all think, thought for uh, many years that Keenan is definitely capable of winning a world championship, and that was something that Homolo said, too, that he thinks that he, that he deserves to win uh, a world championship because, you know, he has been at the top of the, the game for a little while now, it feels like, and... And I think, you know, we all think that he is capable of winning. And, and so I was surprised to hear him, um, you know, um, be so candid about the Worlds last year because I, I knew how sort of livid um, that he was. Um, but I think that that's, that's something that really came through in, in this trip and, and hanging out with him a couple of days is that he's really genuinely, like, rekindled his fire for jiu-jitsu, I think. And that, that came across very clear to me. I don't know mm -hmm. if you can speak to that too, Chase, but... Um, he does look. To, he does seem to be extra motivated. It, right? it definitely. It, it seems like he, he was. He's really like fallen in love with jujitsu all, all over mm. again. You know, and that's something obviously we've all gone through. We've all um, fa fallen in love with jujitsu, and and it seemed like maybe he maybe kind of fell fell out of love in, in a little bit. You know, sometimes you know when you do this stuff for so long, it can feel like a job. Yeah, maybe. it becomes work. Well, yeah. it's like they say, a change is as good as a rest. Mm. And you know, I think Keenan, uh, he'd been at Atos for a long time. It's evident that he wasn't happy there. And the, this opportunity now to, to do what he wants to do could be the catalyst for him going out there and putting together the best performance that he's ever had. What a story it would be, you know? He'll need what, it. What, what a story it would be if, if um, Keenan was able to, to capture this one. It'd be crazy. Absolutely. Another American that I, I'm super excited to watch is, of course, Mikey Musumeci. And to me, the big story is he's made the jump up from originally signing up at Roosterweight to Light Feather, which means he's going to have to face both meows because Paulo meow almost, and almost Joao certainly. meow almost certainly but to be honest though I mean it was a bit of a shock we even saw Mikey at Rooster in the first place true right? it because was going to be a hard cut he's won light featherweight two years in he's a row the right? champ, yeah. he's the only American to win worlds two times and uh, and to him to drop to Rooster weight we were all like ooh is he even going to stay there is he going to go back up and lo and behold he did doesn't make it any easier though right absolutely not and you know uh, it's it's a deep division to be sure there's a lot of really tough guys inc including another first year black belt gabriel souza who won world pro and a bunch of other events beating joao meow in the process um so it's a lot of good matches there 21 guys which is a pretty big division for for light feather but yeah given given the way that the ivjf seeds teammates uh, opposite sides of the brackets with joao and paulo he's gonna have to beat both which man what an accomplishment that would be he's never faced paulo so yeah. Yeah, uh, that that to me is a really really interesting division. A lot of tough guys. Pablo Montavani is in there. Utah Shimada, Thiago George. I mean, the list goes on. So, we, yeah, we got to, to uh, hang out with Mikey for a couple of days as well out in uh, CTA with Kyle. Um, and uh, man, what impresses me most about Mikey is just like his his focus. You know, it feels like he really really does zero in. You know, puts the blinders on and really just like dials into the mm. world championships. You know, and and, and um, man, he, he gets ready. He They're, hasn't competed uh, anything else since, right? Since Worlds. So since Worlds I guess last year, there was a super fight I think that he had um, after Worlds. Did he do any? Oh, ACB maybe. Mm -hmm. I, I think know. they were already wrapped up by then. But yeah, yeah that was the only other stuff yeah. that he had done for a while. So what I, what I liked watching with that what, singular was, focus. Well, yeah. he was. Fierce in training, like Mike, Mikey's yeah. so chill and laid back and friendly. Even uh -huh. at, at Worlds, he's kind of smiling and waving at people and yeah. stuff. Yeah. In the training, man, he had like a war face on and was going that, after people. That always yeah. impresses me. Like he's just one of the most unassuming jiu-jitsu guys out there. But make no mistake, like Mikey Musumeshi is a winner. Mikey Musumeshi <laughs> goes after it, you know. So like that's that's pretty sick. Um, 
I'm going to try to commandeer this conversation real quick because we were Do talking it. about Keenan. We talked a little bit about Kyo. And I, one of the things that um, Keenan was talking about that he liked so much was being this Ronin mm-hmm. and um, being this, this um, you know, not, not affiliated to a team. And I just wanted to play this clip real quick because I feel like we'd have something to talk Perfect. about. Yeah, yeah, this, is, this is Kyo, um, Kyo Terra. Uh, when we went to his gym a little later, kind of uh, offering uh, a little bit of a rebuttal to um, to Keenan. So let's see, let's see what he has to say. Let's see if we can play some audio on this one. We go through the training. Uh, I'm going to talk about something here, very important to me. Keenan and a lot of people don't believe that uh, it's important to be a part of a team. And it may be true that you can succeed without one. But uh, being a part of not a team, but the right team, a lot of times makes it easier and more enjoyable. There's the adrenaline, the nervousness, and, you know, there are always, you know, good days and bad days. Sometimes, you know, you're in a situation where, you know, you don't perform as well as you wanted whether it's in competition or even in training. You know, you need the right people, the, the right people around you, the, the, the right person to, to be giving you that confidence that, that you need to remind you that you're on track. You know, jiu-jitsu is just like a good meal, you know? It's much better when you share it with a friend. I believe you guys, you know, you spend so much time with me every single day, so I believe you guys are my friend. I believe I'm your friend. And a real friend, a true friend, tell you the, you know, is, is always honest. Because the goal, the goal, true, the true goal is not to be champions, but, you know, to be successful in our lives. So with that said, guys, let's help each other today. Train really hard and make sure that we're pushing each other because we're a real team. All right? We're going to get some water, then I'm going to explain the training of today. Let's go. So that was Kyle talking a little bit about uh, the team. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. Um, Keenan talked a little bit about it as mm-hmm. well. But uh, man, I don't know. You know, obviously uh, Kyle has has a different take. Keenan Keenan's idea, just to sum up, not to put words in his mouth, but I believe he felt like that teams weren't as important to him. And this is kind of the opposite side of the coin. I gotta say that was quite a stirring speech from Kyle. Yeah, that was really really cool. You know, there was a. Uh, it's a heartfelt message, and I think it's one that a lot of people can really identify with because it, it's the classic thing. They say that jiu-jitsu is an individual sport, mm. but you know you can't do it by yourself. You have to have the support of a team to get there. It's right? a great line right where he says um, jiu-jitsu is like a, a, a good meal. You know, it's better when you share it. It's a great line. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree completely. Chase doesn't share food. <laughs> it's all mine. I eat alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Um, <laughs> No, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic speech there from from Kyo, and and I think it it just goes to show that you know Keenan isn't necessarily right or wrong, you know, but what's right for him is not necessarily right for another, and vice versa, yeah. right? And I think that he came out with some very very interesting points when, well, which interview you want to pick because they're all interesting, but they're, you know the, you did a multiple interviews with Keenan, and he came out with some very very interesting points, but I know that a lot of people are like. Oh yeah, totally agree. And then other people were like the other end of the spectrum, and they're like, "Nah, man, works for you, but for me, it's got to be something else." So, no, it's a, it's a very individual thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think people need different things in different times of their careers as well. I mean, mm. maybe right now is a perfect time for Keenan to to go on this journey and be a Ronin and, and uh, just explore new ideas, mm. train with new people. 
But um, I, I think uh, a foundation athlete, you know, someone that's blue and purple belt, they need like a core group of people around them honing their skills, coaching them up with strategy, things like that, and just being at home. I feel like that's such an important thing about being on a team is, is feeling like you're surrounded by like-minded people that support you and have the same goals. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot of strength involved in that. Like it, it supports you. And I feel like if you're on your own, you have to be so mentally tough and and yeah. willing to take on the journey yourself that's you know that's much difficult to much more difficult speaking of the team thing what happens when keenan faces off with somebody from atos spicy <laughs> <laughs> well he's been he's been he he does that quite a bit right even when he was on atos he was, even when he was on atos it's true it's true he never seemed to have a problem going against his teammates right yeah yeah i mean i think i don't know if there's a lot of bad blood i i think it's been refreshing to see that that both keenan and andre have not really throwing any mud at one another. They both just say, hey, time to move on for both of us. And, um, you know, I think there'll be a, a little bit of some undertones there. But really, I think it'll be professional. Keenan's been around a long time, and he wants to win. There are three guys from Atos signed up in his division. There's Dominic Bell, Kainan Duarte, and Vitor Toledo as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough one, right? You have to go up against somebody that you used to maybe train with every day. You know the game inside out. and. Uh, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting to see with Keenan. I, I, I'm sure that you know psychologically, it's not gonna affect him. Technically, if anything, he'd probably have the edge over anybody because he'd know their game as well as they know his. And yet, you know, I think Keenan's game is so intricate, and you know, he has such a well developed exactly such a well developed system of attacks and stuff that he seems to uh, come out with something new all the time. Maybe he has something that he hasn't even showed those teammates. You know, so be interesting to see. But moving on, um, man, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Really, every Worlds. division. I feel like every, every division, division. Has, has a great storyline from Kyle moving into Rooster, from the Mikey, Mikey versus Meows and Light Feather, you know, from who's going to win Featherweight, you know, like that's such a toss up division, I feel like, in my opinion. Lightweight, you got Hanato Knuto, Levi, and Lepri. Middle, you know, has got the returning Gracie Baja, Wonder Boys, plus Tommy <laughs> Langacker, mm-hmm. Isaac in there as well like i think just man felipe you know, panna moving down to to medium heavy a great crazy story. yeah yeah you man, know? something and that then you joao were... versus uh, versus uh Bouchesha in ultra heavy marigali it's super heavy like literally every one of these divisions is is uh, full of storylines well something that you mentioned when we were uh, drawing these storylines out is the is that you've got your eye on last year's silver medalists in particular right there are a few that that you highlighted as you you think that they could actually they could do it this year, right? Well, I think like a second place is like a good in- indication for first place, kind of like in general, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> no, there is that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I think in that there was a lot of new guys last year, like Hanato Kanuto, who lost to Lepri in the finals, Tommy Langacker, who lost to um, Isaac in the finals, and um, oh yeah, Joao, who lost in the finals there. Um, so yeah, those are three just silver medalists right there, who I think are going to be even hungrier this time and then you got guys like who, who lost at pans right Hanato lost at pans Jamil Hill lost at pans um no Levi won but Levi mm-hmm. lost so I, I I just think that these losses are are big motivators you know fuel for the fire yeah. absolutely yeah. I, th- I think you're 100%. oh Adam Wardzinski another guy who I think is going to do well because um you know he's a kind of a perpetual silver medal guy so I think those you know you pile pile those up enough and and um you know gold's right there it's good motivation to raise your game absolutely i uh i i think you're right i think there's a lot of hungry hungry guys that we just can't count out because that that motivation that that desire to become a world champion is such a 
powerful thing. And, you know, everybody knows that the, the jiu-jitsu is right there. You know, there are very few yeah. people you look at in a division and you think they don't deserve to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in those loaded divisions, like you mentioned, like featherweight and middleweight. There's like a list of six guys who could, could become champions. And the, the, the difference between them is so, so small. It literally comes down to who wants it more on the day. And I think that was uh, something that Joao Gabriel mentioned when, when we went up to see him in Dallas. He's like, you know, he's been preparing 25 years for this moment. Mm. You know, he's been in jiu-jitsu that long. And he's been in the World Championship final a bunch of times, you know. And it's literally who wants it more when they step on the mat right there. And I think that's when we're going to see these guys... Uh, rise to the challenge but ah, what about what about fire matchups dream matchups is there mm. anything that they're looking at the divisions are there any guys that we're we're particularly excited to see because we don't know what the brackets look like yet but is there anybody that we would love to see face off well uh, i mentioned it a little bit earlier but I've, i'm really excited to see mikey musumechi potentially versus polo meow they never face each other uh mikey's got such a storied rivalry with joao I think that would just be an match, incredible right? match. Plus, there will be a bit of a size difference. Paulo generally competes at featherweight. One oh, he's, he cuts a lot to get down to light feather, So, right? uh, very interesting how that plays out. And um, definitely will be a lot on the line there, as that could very well be the, the final. Um, and then you mentioned uh, Lepre versus uh, Levi rematch, too. Yep, of course. Match. That's another another great match I'm dying to see. I think both guys will, will have some adjustments they want to make to their game. And... Um, you know, just Luke, anyone Lucas faces in general, he, it's always a treat because he's only out there once or twice a year. And we were right. lucky to see him at Europeans, to be true, honest. So, true. yeah. Um, looking forward to, to Lucas. How about uh, you, Reed? Anything? Um, I mean, I, I, I always think that Nicholas Marigali is just absolute must see TV. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I, I, I've heard that he's he's wants to get the absolute division title oh. um so that's something that i'm gonna be paying close attention to he didn't do too bad last year either he didn't man. do too bad man semi-final against buchesha that's pretty and it was insane. a great match that's too pretty it good. Was, yeah. yeah it was a great match so i mean you know buchesha versus marigali is another one that i'd really like to see you know um i'm always down for another marigali low um you know but definitely i'll be i'll be paying attention to to marigali because uh, you know that guy is is just um electric on the mats love love watching him really is uh featherweight for me has got some some amazing potential matchups happening i mean i'd love to see mateus gabriel and jameel hill mm -hmm. roll that back it was the final from pants it was a, a a really really intense match that uh came down to the i mean jameel was literally running after mateus gabriel in the last like 20 seconds doing his best to try and score and you know he came off that the mat at the end and he felt really really hard done by that he hadn't been awarded points for a late takedown and stuff and you know i think that that's, that was a crazy match. It was a crazy super match. Cra super yeah. sick match. Like, so that, the that, last like minute was just like boom, 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 boom. It was like points, 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 points. It was crazy. I think that's that's incredible motivation for Jamil to come out this year, and uh, and obviously he's going to look for the repeat. You know, champion last year, but but coming so close at Pans and 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 having a result like that again, you know, just slip through your fingers. I think it's. Uh, I think he's going to come out looking super fired up. So I'm excited for that. But this. Um, a guy that we've been watching like just all year and he's he's looked phenomenal and that's Isaac Dwerdlein you know mm. he's 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 had some great performances he hit the finals there at, at Europeans you know he was uh, he was in the final Abu Dhabi World Pro he won Brazilian Nationals a couple of weeks ago and that is like without any exaggeration one of the toughest tournaments in the world to win and he looked phenomenal he has just looked 
more and more focused, more and more fired up at every single tournament that he's entered. You know, he's going back after each one. He's fixing those mistakes. He's coming out and he's doing great. Yeah, Isaac definitely worth a mention because, you know, he, he's been battling um, for for a few years, you know, and, and he's been just having a, uh, an incredible year, breakout year for him. So definitely yeah, worth a mention. I did a, a really great interview with him after World Pro. He was so disappointed that he lost. It was kind of a controversial call against Paul Mia there in the final. And, uh, you know, I asked him because he had lost to Paula a few times this year and also years prior. I'm like, what do you do with that? You know, how do you mm. handle uh, an opponent like that that you know you're going to run into, that you're right there with? I mean, you're losing by advantages. You're losing by two points. What do you change about your game? How do you get the win? He says, man, I just watch the tape. I know I, I, I watch it with friends. I, I do positional sparring. And to me, that was a, a great answer. It was very detailed, and it wasn't just like, oh, I get fired up and want to beat him. I want to oh, win no. more. You know, no. he was very. He's got a system for fixing exactly. that stuff. Yeah, and these right? positions that they're getting into, these are very intricate, so like, intricate. like deep positions that you got to study. You know, and so he went out and did it. He yeah, went out and yeah. did it at Brazilian Nationals a week later. He got the win. So I was That's super sick. happy for him, just because to see someone persevere like that, that is. is sick. Is a motivational story, but man. But the well, the match that I'm looking forward to though, because I didn't didn't get to it gotcha. though, because you know Isaac would. Sorry, I was just excited. All, we're all fo- <laughs> we're all focused on that, but I would love to see him go up against Marcio Andre, mm. because Marcio Andre is one of those guys that he's looked so great, but it's it's been an up and down couple of years for him. You know, he had some big life changes. He moved from Abu Dhabi to the States. You know, he recently he had his first child. So there's a, there's a lot been going on, and and you know we've seen some fantastic performances for him. We've seen some. Some you know disappointing performances that he you know, he was carrying like a knee injury uh, going into um, uh, into the the Nogi Worlds final where he lost and then the, the Kasai Super Series so you know coming back now and uh, I believe the last time that him and, and Isaac actually faced off was like uh, Europeans 2016 oh, wow. so you know that's a while ago man three and a half years later I'd love to see those guys meet up and see what can happen. Also, some of these women's divisions are extremely deep. Um, I want to talk about the, the Roosterweight division. We have a four-time in a row world champion in Rakako Yuasa. Uh, but there's some fresh new blood that we've been talking about, like Misa Bastos and, and Julianne Wiggers that could give her a real uh, run for the money there. So hang on. Rakako has won Worlds four years in a row. Insane. I mean, only see her at Worlds. Yeah. I don't know if she does anything locally in Japan or something that keeps her. Not much. She did just yeah. win ADCC Trials. True. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, cool. she did you ADCC in 2015. Uh, she went to Brazil and mm. did in Sao Paulo there, so she's a, an ADCC vet. But um, apart from uh, quintet and ADCC trials, like, yeah, you're right. I just, we the shows up and wins worlds every year in a row. Comes yeah. in wreck shopping. So I'm definitely excited that it has have some new opponents for her and to really test her because Misa has been on fire all year long. Oh, that's Basically won everything. Mm-hmm. Misa uh, versus Rikaku. Oh, yeah. There are also no less than three returning world champions in the light featherweight division. <laughs> uh, that's three world champions out of a total of eight opponents. So we have uh, Talita Alencar, Jezri Matuda, and uh, Amanda Noguera all in the same division. All three of those women know each other very well and uh, would love to, to come out on top of that division because it's, it's very spicy. So, I mean, man, and that the list goes on. Bia Mosquito, I believe, is going for her ninth world title. Can you imagine that? Nine world titles, and she's like 26 years old, 27 years old or something. Yeah. Insane. With the Queen Bia. Let's just call her Queen Bia, right? Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then with, um, with Tayani out, if you're not hip to that news, Tayani's out. And mm-hmm. then Gabby's not signed up either. And then we don't see any Gabby Garcia nope. in there. So it really, you know, it feels like the absolute open class is kind of wide open. Or, nah, I don't see a wide open. Or man. I don't see a wide open. It, it is now the time for Natchielli to to reign on top. You know, silver medal two years in a row in the absolute division. There, she took silver to Gabby Garcia at Pans as well. In the now absolute gold's division. though, right? 
Ah, huh? now gold. No, now gold. Well, one of them, yeah. One last them? last mm. year's last year's silver medal in the True. absolute division was adjusted after Tiani's doping violation. Uh, so technically, she is now you know a, an absolute gold medalist. But I think to lose in the final and be given the gold medal is obviously not something that she wants, regardless of how that happened, right? So she's going to want to go out this year and take that gold medal for herself. And yeah, I'll be easy her. though. There, there's also some some really tough girls in the super heavyweight division: Claudia Duval, Jessica Flowers, that will also. Be vying, maybe of course, even, for absolute maybe gold. Bia, Louisa, you know, they could get in the absolute division too. Hundred percent. We saw Louisa and uh, Nacielli in the final uh, Europeans as well in the absolute division. That's and, right. And, and you know, they're different teams now. Obviously, Louisa is with Atos, and uh, and Nacielli represents Rodrigo Pinheiro. But uh, for the longest time, they were they were kind of floating around, training together, a brotherhood and mm -hmm. and unity. Cicero Costa, so they they know each other very very well. But I think um, you know. Again, it's that thing. It's business, right? You put friendships to one side. It's and worlds, baby. It is worlds. And exactly. there's money on the line. Exactly. $10,000. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, like you that much, Reed. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about the non-Brazilians? There, there are quite a few non-Brazilians who stand out this year as yeah, well. You have to right? wonder if, if Bouchesha would have given would have kind of the Leandro Bouchesha situation would have happened last year with oh this, if with there this, had been the money this money on they the would line. definitely go halfsies yeah. those, guys are those guys are boys <laughs> they're bros sure. they're bros okay sorry uh, well we talked a lot about Isaac Dwyderlin for, yep. for a non-Brazilian I'm definitely Mikey. got my eyes on him Mikey Keenan Tommy. Um, Tommy Langacker is another really really fun guy it's to watch be, you know me though the, no, the most promising non-Brazilian hopeful this year of course is absolutely Fionn Davis mm. yeah she's looking at the Grand Slam Crazy. She's one gold medal away from doing the Grand Slam and in her first year as a black belt Crazy. as well. Incredible. Crazy. And Jamil, Jamil's on my list of, of, of Americans to keep an eye on. Uh, man, there's so many talented people from all over the world these, this year that it's it, there's so many. Yeah, there it's incredible. Are. I mean, we're, ha we're not even have time today to talk about everything. Of course, this is the mega preview. And, you know, we'd love to go into detail about some more stuff. Looking at things like the uh, the colored belts because those oh you can't miss those divisions. I mean like Thursday Friday of the World Championships, don't skip those. Just yeah. Don't mm. even think about skipping it's those great because the black belt and brown belts go on Saturday and then of course the black belt, the semifinals and finals all happen on Sunday, the final day. But Thursday Friday is going to be so competitive, right? It's going to be absolute fire in the pyramid i mean just what can we expect and, and saturday on the, for brown belts as well you know those as well you can expect non-stop action going across what 12 16 mats i think it's 12 mats. 12 yeah and um every every mat is just amazing so if you've got a favorite athlete go ahead and find him on the bjjcompsystem.com look him up follow him along and you'll just sit on that mat and watch all the great matches all day long and we put out some rankings this week right reed yeah yeah absolutely tried try to take a, a stab at uh you know, ranking who the best blue belts are, best purple belts, and best uh, brown belts. You know, how would you do that? Uh, based on a lot, a lot of the results fr from this year, you know, kind of the, the big ones, the World Pro, um, uh, Europeans, Pans, you know, a couple other um, little opens that a lot of guys had competed at. But, um, yeah, tried to just see who's winning out there, right? Who, who's taking home these absolute titles? Who's, who's um, who are the blue belts who, who are doing all these tournaments? Because nowadays a lot of these blue belts are doing – you know, um, five, six, seven tournaments um, before all over the world. Yeah, all over the world before worlds. Um, so there's a, there's a great um, you know a great rapport of, of a lot of these guys that we have not only on, on our site but um, 
but you know, just kind of all, all over the internet, right? Um, so yeah, we took a stab at, at rank the top 10 blue belts. You can take a look at that. Uh, this is uh, pound for pound, we pound should for, say. Pound yeah. for pound, yeah, Which so across like. all weight divisions. I think that's mm -hmm. a great idea because, yeah, you know, the, the pound for pound, it's uh, it's one of those eternal debates, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, who is really the best? And 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 sometimes I think letting the, the statistics and the and the medals kind of decide that rather than just using head-to-head -head matches is, is, is key. Yeah, so. we're not quite at a place, I don't think, to, to rank each division at, at blue belt uh, with, oh, with yeah. all, not, but we're getting there. We are getting there. I think we do have the black belt rankings that yeah. uh, people can go check on the site. And uh, I mean, it's it's also you know really important to mention that these rankings that as we go into worlds, they give us an indicator of what to expect. Yeah, who to but watch. There can be some huge changes to these as well after worlds, right? Yeah, who knows what'll happen? You know, and worlds, like you said, is a, is a different time. A lot of these guys, you know, I think. I remember we doing this last year, right? When we when we ranked Connor DeAngelis as number one and, and didn't put Roberto Jimenez on the purple belt rankings at all, and you know that that all got a little bit of egg on our face. There. <laughs> that all yeah, got yeah. messed up, you know. But but that's that's what happens, you know. That's a, that's why sports are fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, and I think especially at blue belt, especially at purple belt, man, like uh, so many of these guys are so close; they can beat each other on on any given day, like submit each other on any given day. It seems like. Um, so those are just, I totally agree. Those just divisions are just so exciting. So love it. So you guys just got back into town, like just a couple of days ago, right? Uh, had a little bit of time here to chill out and take care of a few things before we head back out to California. But tell us about Road to Worlds. Where, to, be, where to begin? <laughs> it looked awesome. Road to Worlds is so fun, man. Uh, it's our it's our third time doing the sh the show, and every time I come back feeling so energized, not just to train, but also just with the sport and the community. It's it's really the the time that Reed and I spend the most time out in the world of jujitsu, not just like confined to the tournament space. And to see everyone training so hard and really gearing up for the biggest tournament of the year is just really inspiring. We started uh, in San Diego. Maybe we can just play this uh, ninety nine clip. That was one of the first first ones we got, went to we can talk over some of these clips here and uh, show a little bit of the, of the footage that we got oh, nice clip you chose there from, from the road tour, uh, <laughs> is that you rolling <laughs> oh look at that you, you're training in these places too yeah yeah i love it so this is the first right we started in san diego you want to tell them the yeah the route? And, and man it was we were definitely flying by the suit of our pants a little bit that's sushio rios right there that's mm -hmm. right we were at 99 nice. jiu-jitsu uh, eduardo tells his place there's the turtle master there man doing himself. some weird, yeah. weird jujitsu. <laughs> he was so cool, man. He took us out to lunch, and we had a great time there visiting those guys, Igor Tanabe and Oh, Sergio Igor Rios. in the black key. Man, Igor is such a great competitor, right? There's a really Brazilian vibe in that gym, and that's the fun thing. When you visit all these different places, you kind of see different styles of teaching and training, and, and that place was super laid back. 9-9 was very cool. Good uh, training, though. A lot of training. Hard training. Yeah, yeah, guys, tough guys. A lot of veteran black belts, I feel like. A lot of guys with a couple stripes on their belts hanging out. Um, and, of course, Igor just in there mixing up, too. As a you, uh, you got to roll with Igor, right, Reed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a fun had a fun roll with Igor. You didn't include that clip. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what happened? I feel it in my head here. There. I got a nice roundhouse kick by uh, the Fat Ninja. <laughs> As they call him. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next stop on our, our trip there was over at Athens HQ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after the hospital, after we determined Reed After continue. a light out in a darkened room for a day or so. Yeah. Um, we can go ahead and play the, the clip for me of Ronaldo Jr. Uh, it, was, it was on our second stop there. And one of the things I got to do on this, this trip was really profile up-and-coming athletes. And Ronaldo's definitely an established brown belt. It's a little bit rough to call him up-and-coming, but... Sometimes brown belts just don't get the love they deserve, and man, he is such a beast. You can see him taking it here to Josh Hinger, an established black belt, world-class black belt. We know how good world Josh champion. is, right? Josh is incredible, but man, Ronaldo, I'm looking at this training footage right here, this is kind of very similar to how it is when he competes because he's <laughs> so explosive. 
Yeah, he's an animal. I mean, you can just watch him here. He's just going after people, running into the walls. You Even know. in slow motion, he's it, fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's a must must see TV for sure in the brown belt ranks. So oh, keep an eye on Ronaldo. Dirty God pass. Yeah, he's right. he's like he, he's just like so hard not to watch when when we're there at at um at Atos, right? Because he's just bouncing off the walls, going going 110 percent with. Josh with Kynan with Jonathan's Gracie with uh, Liera, you know, like this dude is just bouncing back and forth the mats all with with some of the best black belts and brown belts in the world. The, the word is that apparently he's he's like one of the toughest roles in the entire gym. Is that he right? certainly I looks don't doubt like it. it. <laughs> he told me after I left, oh, I'd love to train with you. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I, 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 I like I like filming, dude. Filming is awesome. So, um, but yeah, it was so much fun, man. I, we could spend hours talking about each gym we went to. Oh, for sure. Well, this is why people should go to the and Absolutely. they should watch these vlogs, watch these videos, because there's literally of, hours of video footage from inside these rooms, right? Yeah, yep. I'd just love to say a, a big big thank you to everyone we visited, man. They opened their doors to us, let us film all the training, because that's not an easy thing to do. Let, let someone else expose what you're doing in there, getting ready for world. So Yeah, yeah point. Uh, we, we, let's play this uh, the, the ZR clip here maybe next, because that was another thing. You know, Atos, very well-established mm -hmm. team, but uh, ZR here, kind of a, a brand-new team as well. So we, we tried to really hit... Um, you know, kind of all corners of, of California as Absolutely. much as we could. So ZR team, uh, we know that you know they were they were formed just a couple of years ago after the the, the you know the breakaway from Gracie Baja. But this uh, particular location here in in Arcadia, I believe, uh, man, look at the size of the gym compared to some of those other places you went. It's, it's kind of small, right? It's, it's almost the same size as the old Unity gym. And man, what a treat it is for people in that community to train there. They have three, no less than three, world class black belts teaching and training with them. Right there in their own community with like nothing else really going on. Was that so. like a Lucas Hosha, Diego Romalio, and uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Sosa. Sosa, right? I mean, so, all yeah. guys super elite. They're all also different sizes. So, man, I, I highly recommend it to anyone that's like way in east of area. LA. If you're looking for a jiu-jitsu gym, that's a spot for me. Nice. Very but, nice. you know, it's small, uh, small mat space, but, uh, you know. Good just, training. just like at Atos, yeah, it's, it, they're throwing down, and it's good. Mm. It's elite training, like you said. You got those three high level guys. Like how oh, dirty was that? That, that was, was super <laughs> dirty. A couple of other high level purple belts um, and brown belts there as well. But um, got to mention Gabriel Souza as well. Twenty twenty two years old, you know. Another, kid, another one of those and, uh, first year black belts. That exactly, we... and, and recently winning gold at the Abu Dhabi World Pro. Mm -hmm. And and this year, you know, we mentioned how he signed up a white feather. Uh, this year, he's had like just running battles with with some of the top guys in that division. Thiago George, Joao Miao. You know, he's won some, lost some, but he's there neck and neck with some of the toughest light featherweights in the world. So, you know, uh, as far as the first year of black belts go, he could be one to keep an eye on. Pretty right? damn good year. Absolutely. Number one ranked UEJJF black belt. Yeah. So, not bad at all. Very cool. Where else did you guys go? I mean, like from there we headed north. So we, we definitely made the. Well, I mean, we got to talk about Homolos though. I'm I'm skipping over Homolos, but we went to Homolos in Northridge. That's North LA, uh, kind of in the valley, I guess. And of course, we ran into Keenan Cornelius there. Keenan is roaming around. Man, I I always love seeing the videos from inside Homolos gym because mm. I mean he's such a charismatic guy. You know, he he has so much to offer the jujitsu community. Homolos the best, yeah. right? Not 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 just as a as a as a professor, not just as a teacher, not just as an athlete, but just as like a, a, a role model and a figurehead. He's such a cool guy, and right? he's just smashing guys in there, man. Homolos still has he's it. Still got he's it. He's a beast. Yeah, I know, man. For real, he really is. How, how do you say he creates athletes? Read what would he tell you? <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like, dude, he's like. I just bring these guys in. They've never done jiu-jitsu before. And then I just smash them for 10 years. And then they're really good at jiu-jitsu afterwards. <laughs> like, it's kind wow. of... <laughs> Eventually, like, they, they give me some back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's what I did. He's like, I just found... Got Edwin, got, you know, all these other guys, Zane, a couple other guys. And then I just kept smashing them until they could smash me. 
and then that's kind of it's simple love it yeah was some fun training in there so, um a lot of really tough guys uh felipe I, trova but Silverio, really sh- going after it should mention as well that you know it's called road to worlds but you guys are literally road tripping it this time as well yes. so you drove up through california and where did you head to next so from f- we kind of skipped around the order a little bit, but from ZR Team, which was after Homlos, we went north up to Modesto, California, which is like a four or five hour drive, and visited a Casino's gym, Aries BJJ. You can play and that Aries clip real quick. Yeah, too. and that was another first visit for us. We had never really gotten to, to hang out with, with the Aries Cacino. crew. Really, really fun time with those guys. Even Nate Mendelson drove up from Santa Cruz, just like a three-hour drive. Oh, the POV rolling was yeah, so it was a really cool, cool little trick. Like video game off. stuff. Oh, shout out to Italo who who hooked me up with his his chest. chest oh yeah, mount. made it all possible. Yeah. these yeah. guys were also just going after full time yeah, pahada. Look at that. Um, everywhere we went, we're just so tough. And that's why Road to Worlds is super fun because sometimes when we're filming on shoots, you know, we go on uh, after an event has occurred or something like that and guys are kind of taking it easy or, or nursing some injuries or just whatever, maybe just hiding some things. But you know when we're on the Road to Worlds, these guys are not holding back. They are going as hard as they can. They are training as diligently as possible. And it shows, I think, in all the footage. Yeah. It's interesting as well because uh, this is in Modesto, uh, which is in Northern California, just about an hour and a bit outside of San Jose. But um, uh, important to mention that Keishinho, who obviously is one of the head instructors of this gym, Oh, speaking of. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got the shower scene. We should, we should talk this about this the, first. This is the prequel to the shower scene. It's but. not Road to Worlds unless there's a shower scene, right? <laughs> it's true. The, you know, the Unity thing blew up, and we really hope we could get another one, and we did. So if you guys haven't oh, watched the Aries okay. vlog yet, I it, I all the exclusive shower scene footage must go to flowgrappling.com and check it out. It's but. worth the subscription just for that. <laughs> but, man, it, that was just a part of such the, the, the experience of Road to Worlds. It's like we get, We're so lucky that we get to you know go to these gyms, gym after gym and, and everybody like chase said is so welcoming man and uh, yeah we tried you know chase tra- got to train at um at uh kyle's and homolos kyle's and homolos yeah and I was, you guys so- dropped into aoj as well we shouldn't forget that right yeah. that's true yeah, yeah aoj there's so many um i, I, I always feel- love watching the training from inside aoj because guy mendez we man, can play this uh jessica clip here that's from aoj fantastic because because just because guy is such just an incredible coach and i yeah. love the way he structures his sessions it's so i, I mean I, I was gonna say earlier when we were talking about um Early, early black belts and stuff. But I, I did a lot of interviews with Guy as well, and he's somebody that I really think has a, has the pulse of the community. He's he's really you know he's he's got these blue belts, these purple belts, these juveniles that he's been uh, you know making into savage killers. And so I she's think she's going to be one of them. Jessica Khan, she's absolutely going to be one of them, right? Yeah. When she hits black belt, it's going to be scary. Yeah, it's yeah. her <laughs> first year as an adult competitor in a purple belt division, and she won has won everything so far. Every and it's the same for pretty much all his athletes, right? I mean, like Mateus Rodriguez, Tynan Dalpra, these guys, you know, imagine what it's going to be like when they hit black belt at 19, and, 20 and, years and of age. And if anybody, I think, is going to be prepared for it, it's going to be those guys. You know, mm-hmm. we, we see how these guys can go into black belt and stuff, but that is what Guy and AOJ are, are doing, I feel like, is they are preparing these guys 100% for when they get to black belt you know they're are they're going to be so ready that, that is the goal right i mean like you know this is the part of the process jonathan alves uh you know brown belt tynan and mateus still purples right but mm-hmm. i mean the, obviously the titles obviously the medals are important especially when it comes to things like the team race and you know the, the mm-hmm. overall trophy for the for the best team in the tournament it's very important to have those gold medals but let's not lose sight of the fact that like you said the goal is 
black belt world championship. Gold and they they are very aware of that. All of them, I think. You know, already they, exactly. You know, purple belts, blue belts, the kind of the juvenile blue belts as well. I think Gi has you know created a, a really regimented system to create black belt world champions. I mean. It really shows, actually, I think, in all the gyms. Guy, especially, for sure, is, is, is eloquent, and he talks about it. But I think everyone has a plan. Kyle Terra is another guy mm-hmm. that very has a systematic, very systematic yeah, approach yeah. to developing his athletes yeah. and, and teachers. It was really cool. A little, little anecdote there from Benji Silva. He's a brown belt over at Kyle's place. Uh, he's getting ready to maybe get his black belt. He, they actually had a test at Kyle Terra's. I didn't know that he did testing. Wow. And, um, but Benji explained it as not only is it a way to sort of confirm that, yes, he actually knows a little jiu-jitsu, <laughs> but, you know, he's thinking about having a school and doing his own thing. And Kyle wants to make sure that Benji knows Kyle's formula. And, oh. and this is what this test does. And if he can pass this and do well in this, then he's ready to run a school. I thought, man, that's really cool. Kyle's not just preparing him as a competitor, but now he knows he has the blueprint to, to run a school, run an academy. So At the level that Kyle demands. Which is extremely high, yeah. high level. Um so it's really, really cool to see all the ways these coaches and teams are taking care of their athletes as well. Ah, that's great. Well, I mean, a big thank you to everybody who uh, who received us on the road to Worlds this year. Um, something that, that I think people are pretty – they get excited about, right? They, they Everybody loves going inside these gyms, you know, as the opportunity to, so. to see how these we teams train. and. Uh, if you want to go check those videos out, there are 70, over 70 of these videos to watch on uh, flowgrappling.com. Just hit the uh, hit the Road to Worlds tab in the top right of the site. And um, we actually had a few other gym visits uh, mixed in there as well that weren't technically part of your Road to Worlds trip. Mm. But if you go to the IBJJF World Championships page, you'll be able to see that uh, we also went to see Joao Gabriel Hocher in Dallas. Uh, we went to see the, the Unity crew in New York. We also went to see JT Torres training there as well in New York with Michael Lira Jr. and Dom Bell. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have more videos coming from Inside Alliance, Mario Hayes with Nicholas Marigali and those guys down there in south of Brazil. And uh, Marcelo Garcia's gym too. So A lot of good stuff coming. Trying to hit all corners of the world here at Flow Grappling. Well, I mean, there's just so much to talk about every year for Worlds, right? There really is. I mean, we could. I, I, I wish that we could cover absolutely everything. And, and, and as we grow and as we get better, I really hope that we can do that. But it's, uh, it's such an exciting, such an exciting time. Well, guys, well, there's not much else to talk about for now. You know, we've just got to get our heads down and, and, and wait till the brackets come out on Monday. And then we can really get into what to expect. But don't forget that next weekend, Thursday, Friday... Worlds runs with colored belts Saturday, Sunday. The brown and black belts go on Saturday, black belts only on Sunday. But not to forget that June 1st, we actually have another live event happening on flowgrappling.com, and that is Grapple Fest 5. This is a no gi submission only event taking place in the UK. Uh, not the first event that we've had on the site. You should be pretty familiar with them by now. And uh, main event. Very interesting. Craig Jones versus Mike Perez. Ooh, I like that. Right. If you're not into the the gi stuff, those grips things, those lapel chokes, oh, we, got, we got some heel hooks for you. Guaranteed to see some heel hooks <laughs> in this because you got Craig Jones versus Mike Perez in the main event, and we got Lachlan Giles uh, versus Ross Nichols in the co-main event. So that's actually really interesting because because um, Lachlan Giles just won the Asian ADCC yep, trials, yep. and Ross Nichols uh, a couple months back he won the European trials. Right, absolutely, and look phenomenal out there. He's really good. So that's four ADCC qualified athletes there in the co- main and co-main events, and it's a stacked undercard as well. So yeah, 
if you like you looks and, and submission only nogi stuff, that's the the show for you. And, and Prez holds a win over Craig um, mm. at Kasai, so I know I know that um, Craig has been wanting that, that match for a while. Um, yeah, that Kasai so. Pro match was really cool. That he had to hit that dirty wrist lock, right? Yeah, yeah. Prez got those sneaky wrist locks. Didn't finish it though, but it, but he did get the uh, the advantage point. Yeah, for I think it. he also messed him up yeah. as well. Yeah, looks looks <laughs> shitty for sure. Yeah, <laughs> prison rules. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun. As we said, a, a stacked undercard as well. It's also uh, Frank Rosenthal uh, from Henzo Gracie up against Jeremy Skinner of Absolute MMA and a, a stacked undercard of uh, some really good uh, British and European uh, talent as well. Yeah, the um, UK um, Nogi scene is, is pretty pretty sick. Blowing up. Yeah. Blowing up. But, uh, man, guys, great to have us back in the studio for the first time in a while. Of course, next week we won't be here. We've got world championships which uh, is pretty much the most awesome thing we can look forward to all year apart from maybe ADCC yep. I don't know. we'll right be out there, there though we'll we will and uh, we'll, we should do this again after Worlds and talk about all the crazy stuff that no doubt happens in California next week right absolutely yep. guys don't forget watch IBJJF 2019 World Championships live or on demand on Flow Grappling a week from now and we'll see you in a couple of weeks for another episode of Fistful of Collars see you then <laughs>